All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? How's everybody doing? Huh? I tricked you there. I tricked you. You were waiting for the rest of the intro, weren't you? Some of you were like, you were waiting to fast forward through the through the first 10 minutes on the second what the fuck buddies, what the fucking ears. Let's do this. What the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fucking ears. But I, I tricked you. For a second, you thought I wasn't going to do all three. Huh? Didn't you? It's jarring, right? When you get used to something. When you get used to something that that... That is as grown familiar and repetitive and perhaps redundant to you and you're comfortable with it, whether you like it or not. It's jarring when it changes, isn't it? It certainly is. What am I getting at? I just finished crying. I just finished crying at my dining room table because I am tired of my redundant and predictable and annoying and damaging emotional behavior. What does one do when you realize, oh my God, I'm doing this again. Oh my God, I'm yelling again. Oh my God, I'm in the same cycle of emotional bullshit that I've been in my entire life. What do I do usually? Is I'll just become paralyzed with a, with an emotional despondency and then I will shovel cold cereal into my mouth. I will shovel puffins with vanilla almond milk. I got rid of the soy milk because I don't want boobs. And with a little bit of stevia and just shovel that into my mouth. And you know what? That works. That works. With a simple bowl of cereal, I can transport myself back to where the problems probably started. I'm surprised at myself. I, I don't know what it is, folks. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you this. I will be in Nashville at Zany's, okay? Next week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 18, 19, 20, I believe. Come down. Let's go get some Prince's chicken. Let's go say hi to Jack White. All right, I got that. All right, tomorrow I will be at the Sub Pop Silver Jubilee in Seattle. Go search that. I don't know where it is. Big benefit show. All right, so that's what's happening in the next couple of weeks. I've plugged myself for the next couple of weeks. So what happened? What happened? All I know is that there are a lot of things going good in my life right now. Things are looking up. Maybe we'll get a second season. It's encouraging. We will know soon. I, I'm okay with that. My stand-up is pretty good. Right? The book. People are loving the book. Things are going okay. I'm making a living. That's a that's a nice thing to have happen. So that should be great. All those things are great. But there's some little part of my heart that says, dude, there's not enough chaos. Where's the engine that drives you? Where's the engine that makes you creative? Where is the fight, my friend? Where is the fight? Maybe you can find it on Twitter. Why don't you just engage some idiot on Twitter to get that rush of contempt? Or why don't you just all of a sudden decide that, you know, you understand everything about relationships and and make things miserable in, in your own home. Shake it up. Why? What the fuck does it? Is there anybody out there that has some sort of goddamn real answer about, you, you know, how, how, what do you just suck it up? Do you just, you know, shut up? Do you just, you, do you just, what, what is it? I mean, I try, I try. I try to just, you know, kind of like let it roll off my back. But then some little part of me says, no, man, that is an attack on everything you think you are. Ridiculous. 
God damn it, it just cycles. And I just end up breaking down and weeping, weeping with grief over the child inside me that seems to control me. God damn it, everything is going good. Why can't all of it be good? Just for a little while. Why can't it? When it just shut up. Just shut up, Mark. God damn it. Jonah Hill is on the show today. Sweet guy. And I was, you know, I was digging for, uh, I was digging for anger and it, 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 it didn't seem to be there. I, I, I love him. I think he's a uniquely funny person. You know, I think he's a gifted, talented actor. And, uh, you know, I think we had a, a great conversation. I was charmed and engaged by the lovely Jonah Hill. I'm sorry if I was getting heavy. Uh, at the beginning, but I did just finish crying and I was just crying uh, because, and I, I don't mind crying. You know, I, I prefer to cry uh, in the context of, you know, TV commercials or sappy shows, you know, things outside of me. Someone else telling a story will, t- you know, tear me up. But, it, but literally 20 minutes ago, I was crying because I am sick of the way my heart and mind work together. There's something, God damn it, there's something in there that just needs to be switched off or 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 cleaned. I, I wish there was something I could take out of my head and just like, oh, that was it. That just needed to be blown out. That thing had it was uh there was it was it was a little corroding. It was dusty and corroding. You might want to take some steel wool to that. Take some steel wool to that lobe. Because some of that shit's been on there for 49 years. That lobe is corroded. I have a corroded lobe. I take that thing out and if I can get a wire brush to it. There you go. There you go. See that? Yeah, it's not going to be as shiny as it was when he got it, but you know, that sh- that shit should work better. You should maybe behave like an adult now. God damn it, metaphors. But I'll tell you one thing, crying gives me a headache. I think it's just because you, you know when you do it from your heart, it's uh, your brain is always sort of like, "Wow, this is this is unfamiliar." It's making me ache. You know, blow your lobes out, <laughs> not with a bullet. You know, with something with some wonderful positive energy, some sort of accepting and nourishing energy. Just just let your lobes, you know, soak in that. Make your brain juices proactive. And don't fucking email me and say, like, it's time for some shrooms. Got to reset. Time for some shrooms. I love you. Did I tell you that? I love you. I'm not going to start crying again. Let's talk to Jonah Hill. So, Jonah, you're going to tell me a, a great story about me? Is that what's going to happen? No, I'm going to give you... <laughs> no, I wish. I don't. I just met you. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to give you a compliment. Um, I'm the biggest Howard Stern fan there is, basically. Yeah. Oh, I, don't, I can't make that claim, but sure. I, I worship Stern, and yeah. I think he's the... And because I... The reason why I think the most is because I think he is the best interviewer. Yeah. And I've been reflecting a lot about what I'm going to do if he ever retires or what, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do with your life? <laughs> yeah, like, do I just stop living? Yeah. <laughs> I really, I, I, it's sad that that's my life that I, that I really don't know what I'm going to do if Stern <laughs> goes off the air. Um, but yeah. I was thinking, you know, who 
I just think what you've built is really special in the way you interview people. And I was thinking, like, if he went, I think you've created this great thing where you could, you know, not be like him or whatever, but have the same really special niche of, like, where people really want to see how you interview someone. Yeah. And so I wanted to give you that compliment. That's very nice. Thank you. Yeah, I just did, I did I just did his show for the first time in my life. Oh, I heard it. I listen every day. That that was You're crazy. Great. I was have you've done it a lot? I've done it twice. And what, what was the first time like for you meeting your hero? I mean, were you fucking nuts or I I just listen. Yeah, I was. And I was so excited to meet like Sal and Richard and like Ronnie the limo driver. Like I really was was freaking out to meet those people because I listen to that show when I wake up in the morning. If I'm shooting a movie, I listen in the car yeah. all day in yeah. between takes and stuff. It's like hanging out with a fun group of people. Right. You know, that's what I love about it. Well, some people have that relationship with him. They've had it all their life, but you didn't but you didn't grow up on the East Coast. Where'd you you were picking it up here and like uh on the rerun or what? Well, when you're growing up? Yeah, I grew up in LA and my dad would listen. So I listen with my dad. Are your dad from the East Coast? <laughs> my parents are both from New York. Long so Island, did they yeah. know him when you did they listen when they were in New York or how long had they lived here? Or they lived here a long time? I, they've lived here. They've been together since they were 14. Oh my God. Which is crazy. Yeah. And they, they went to summer camp together on the East Coast. And then my dad moved out here when he was 14. So they were long distance for like a long time of that period. He claims they broke up for like a year and he got to date other people, but I don't know. I'm probably divulging too much. <laughs> so your dad He's was, like, don't worry. I like dated other people. Yeah, and my mom's like, yeah, me too. Like they have this. When they were 15. Well, just like this instinctual. I actually talk about my friend, like when people have been together their whole lives, yeah. they have this kind of maybe insecurity about yeah, it in right. that because it, it makes them seem fearful in some way right. that they never explored or right, I don't right, know. Right. Or, I don't know. I, don't I, know. <laughs> I well, no. It's hard for me to to know. Having you know, I I've destroyed whatever uh, mystique any sex has anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was know? watching your show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But that girl on your show, uh, the woman, Nora. sorry, Nora, is, is so great and so beautiful. I want you to be with her on the show so badly. <laughs> Even though she's a bizarre character, I find myself. Um, like, why won't this schmuck date her? You know, like she's great, even though she's eccentric. Yeah. She's, she's why would this schmuck? Why would this old, <laughs> aggravated schmuck stay with this beautiful young woman? Yeah, he's like pushing her away at all I know. turns. I know. Well, I mean, but I it's... ended up with the woman she's based on, so I think there's promise. Fantastic. Yeah, man. if we get another season, I we're gonna have to explore that. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I well, I mean, there's something to be said for, but I know what you're saying with the with that weird kind of like they don't want to be judged as as people that didn't live life and yeah. it, because they committed and they love each other. It's like defending your life. It's like this fear well, thing, you know? Right. Well, it also there's a this. Well, there's two paths. There's the path of uh, commitment and loyalty and love, and then there's the you know like uh, Harry Dean Stanton, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alone at Dantana's <laughs> looking for pussy. Have you ever seen that documentary? I just Dig? saw. Oh Have no, you seen Dig. No. Oh, it's my favorite doc. It's so good. It's about Wait, the Brian Jonestown massacre no, and the I, uh, Dandy Warhols. No, but they—it's about these bands. These like you know, at the time they were like small LA bands. I think I—I—I I, I don't know if I watched the whole thing right. Right, but what happened? But they just have the, the Brian Jonestown massacre. Are these guys and they have you know drug problems and they're having this party at this like really crappy house, like <laughs> yeah. whatever. And it's like four a.m. and there's just this like really VHS footage of Harry Dean just, just there like, at four a.m. like playing guitar with these guys. And I was like. 
Man, I don't know that guy, but he probably has great stories. I mean, yeah, well, I just there's a doc that I just watched. It's like this hour and ten minute thing that just came out. I'm sending it to my buddy. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they're going to release it, but it's it's a doc on Harry Dean. But it's more, it's not really a doc. It's not like a life uh, kind of. It, it's like a portrait of the guy, uh-huh. like just sort of random things. A conversation with him and David Lynch. He sings some songs, but it's more of like an arty kind of like cool. You know, uh, yeah, it was beautiful. I would be very interested. In so that. wait, so now tell me on the mic about this iconoclast offer that you denied to do <laughs> that is hilarious uh no it's not hilarious but i told you about yeah, that yeah. in the kitchen of your house well i don't know i love that show iconoclast yeah. and they asked me to do one and i didn't feel i was worthy to be on the right. show it's weird when you get offers like that right well i don't know if it's weird it's super flattering but i didn't feel i was worthy of that you know i don't <laughs> i felt like i can name five thousand people who are more deserving of being on that show right uh, more than, than well, you're me. a young guy yeah i'm 29 right but... it's sort of sort of like well there's a, the movie i did a couple of years ago the first one and we, i mean you know what i mean how are you going to go through a career or like have this history as someone on a show like that uh-huh. When you've only you know been alive, for- <laughs> yeah, I haven't <laughs> done that much. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I lived. Um, but yeah, like Norman Lear was on it and stuff, and I was just like, he's the most impressive human being in the world, and I just was like imagining myself talking about the four movies I've made <laughs> as if I'm, you know, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> well, who would, who would you have liked? Who would have you have talked to? Who would you have matched yourself with? I probably would have chosen. I don't know. I always ima- like. Uh, I probably would have chosen a hero of mine, maybe like a Beastie Boy or. Um, they were big heroes of yours. Yeah, they're like they're uh, great, they're, right? Well, I, I was yeah. I mean, I'm Jews have a notoriously hard time being cool in pop culture, and I think the Beastie Boys really like Dylan. The Beastie Boys they helped us out. Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> they really Sandler when he was you know right. doing his comedy albums yeah. like. That really did make me feel cool to be Jewish, or that it was like you could be a cool Jew out right, there. Right, right. Like, yeah, that, that was. Yeah, they, we needed new. Like, well, Dylan was an older Jew that made mm-hmm. it cool, and right. Sandler and the Beastie Boys were sort of contemporaries. But that's true. When you find out, isn't that an amazing moment as a Jew when you find out someone's Jewish and you're like, oh, sh- that's great. Yeah, I Thank mean, there's God. this rapper now called Drake, and he's half black, half Jewish from Toronto. So. And he's like huge. It really like every all the big rappers like him. That's great. So well. he has those two things to temper his Jewiness. He's exactly. got the black and the Canadian. And he did this video for yeah. my favorite song of his called "Hell Yeah Fucking yeah. Right." And right. it's a, him getting rebar mitzvahed. <laughs> and it's this black dude who's Jewish, and it's incredible, you yeah. know. And it's like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. When you're young, you're nine or ten or whatever, yeah. you know. When I would hear Sandler's comedy albums, yeah. like when he was doing that stuff, yeah. he was a total rock star. Yeah, yeah, the Beasties, yeah. Like, that the to me was, was really important to feel like there's some world where a young Jewish kid with a Ninja Turtles yarmulke could be cool one day. and <laughs> In front of the camera. There's yeah. plenty of people behind the camera. Yeah, the yeah. Jews have always been the machinery. Right. But like to be cool publicly, yeah, to tricky. Have some sort of swagger in some way, or I don't know, some kind of, cool behavior oh yeah well i remember i was sort of amazed when i found out that uh was it it was it um uh mike uh which one of the beastie boys father is israel horowitz uh yeah mike horowitz and uh ad rock right his dad is like this biggest playwright right and i did a i did a an israel horowitz play when i was in college Mm. indian wants the bronx so that i've seen that play yeah it's it's a good play yeah john casal was uh was the original was originally oh was he yeah I, I believe so. Did that you makes see sense. That John Casal doc? No, I haven't. I he's, love that guy. Dude's in five movies. It was Everyone, best picture nominee. Yeah, yeah. Deer Hunter, 
Godfather One, Godfather yeah, Two, yeah. Dog Day Afternoon, and uh, the Conversation. Right. It's like had, did five movies, was engaged to Meryl Streep, and then, and then passed died away from yeah. cancer. Very sad. Horrendous. Smoking. Sm- was it? Yeah, lung cancer. It, but it was from smoking. Not to take it down. No, yeah. it's all right. Yeah. Oh, really? He must have smoked a lot. He must have got a lot. And he died a young man, right in his forties. Right? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. He was really young. He was engaged to Meryl Streep, one of the most brilliant, uh, maybe my favorite actor, yeah. at least one of them. And he, uh, he just was so brilliant. I mean, he's Fredo for you guys. No, you know, he's great. He's yeah. Fredo. Yeah, That's he's great. Uh, um, yeah, that that the the he was very sensitive. And in Dog Day Afternoon, he had a vulnerability to him. I don't know where he mm-hmm. come from in, in in terms of training. Do you? Was he a method guy? Well, him and Pacino like came up together, and they did Strasburg's. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I believe so. And they did all those Israel Horvitz plays. Right, and Israel Horvitz is in the documentary a lot. And Rachel Horvitz actually produced Moneyball. Uh, really? A film that I is was that in, yeah. his daughter? It's his daughter, Adam's sister. And she's a lovely woman, if you're listening. So it all comes it. around. Did you ever do theater? I did. And I went to new school in New York. I know the new school. Yeah, it was it was new. <laughs> I took a philosophy class there once as a 35-year... <laughs> I think I, like I decided to go back. Like I was a comedian. I was living down the street. Yeah. I was smoking a lot of weed. And I'm like, I think it's time for a philosophy class. <laughs> I would have loved to have an adult you in my philosophy class. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't quite, I couldn't. I thought like I was old enough to wrap my head around it. I still couldn't. You know, I just, I really thought it would all make sense. Well, that's the thing about the new school. It's, you know, young people who didn't go to regular college and these people that are going back who are yeah. Yeah, they're like senior citizens. And there, Parsons. Honestly. Yeah. And the actor studio at that time was there. Well, for me, it was really because I couldn't get into NYU. Exactly, right. And it was down the street, and right. I wanted to live in New York, so I was like, fuck it, this sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's where I started like writing plays and acting and stuff, and, you know. You wrote plays? Yeah, I, I wrote like one acts, but they were, you know, they were tempted to be funny and weird and just bizarre, probably. I, I, the people that I've had on that I've talked to about uh, their playwriting, and there's there's a few of you, uh-huh. I always like to you know, go, like, well, what were the plays? Do you remember the if you could pitch them? Do you remember? They were so dumb. They yeah. were just really dumb. But they, were they dumb, like arty dumb, like you were trying to- I was trying to be like, right. probably like Michelle Gondry or something. Right, right, right. I don't know. Yeah. I'm probably highfalutin and yeah, yeah. I was a million times better than I was. And um, I would actually put them up at a bar called Black and White in uh-huh. East Village. And they, uh, I don't know if I want to, whatever. They knew I- wasn't 21 maybe right that's I don't right you're all right you're, you're not gonna get in they're my friends but are they, they still open yeah and they're oh. awesome these guys are really cool they own a bunch of bars in new york now they're doing really well but you weren't drinking right no 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 yeah, no of course just right. performing <laughs> just sober <laughs> yeah, performing yeah, exactly as an 18 year old <laughs> <laughs> so what were they though do you remember what they i mean they were so dumb i mean they were just really like it would be like one high concept each one that was poorly executed so it'd be like a kid that grew <laughs> on up on purpose poorly executed no 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 it's just in reflection upon reflection uh like you know a kid who grew up in neverland ranch or hitler's college roommate you know like really high concept trying to be offensive in some way maybe i don't know like you took hitler's college roommate because that seems like a sketch like a kid who grew up on neverland ranch that sounds like it could be loaded up for some you know real drama and sort of you know kind of intense but Hitler's roommate, is that, was that a real, what was the idea? The idea was that Hitler was like a terrible roommate. <laughs> Obviously. Like he was sloppy and like didn't clean up after himself. I mean, I don't know. This is like, I think at that age, especially like 18 or whatever, for yeah. me at least, it was about like trying to be offensive maybe in sure. some way or I don't know. Irrelevant or just make a, an, an Different, impact. Yeah, 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 I don't know. I don't know what it was. I did the but... same thing in college. You know, you read a couple of plays and you're like, well, this art shit seems easy. 
you know, I can do this. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, how much work does this really take to be Sam Shepard? I could do that. Right, right. Yeah, I did. I remember one time there was a, I had an opportunity to do this. They, they did these short uh, scene one acts as a showcase thing. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, well, everyone wrote, just wrote comedy. And I was like, that was, and I, I just wrote this 10 minute, completely poetic, ridiculous Sam Shepard ripoff thing right. <laughs> that no one understood. No one laughed. And when everyone was sort of baffled with the sort of like, okay. I was like, yeah, see? Too deep, huh? Yeah, Couldn- over quite- your heads, yeah. motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, if you ever say the term over your head, it just means that you weren't good. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, dude, or, yeah right, you, 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 exactly. Audience fucking... Right, it's that thing where it. people like going like this. Yeah. No, it's just it didn't make sense. And it was stupid, and uh, maybe you should try to be a little more general. And So you, I can't... Uh, I don't know a lot of people that grew up here, and you grew yeah. up kind of in show business. So did you... Wait, your dad moved here when he was 14, not alone, apparently. No, yeah. He just <laughs> packed up his... Uh, what's that, like, bundle with the bindle? Yeah, 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 yeah. Stick his and hobo bandana. stick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, his dad passed away, and he moved out here with his mom and younger brother from the East Coast, and he went to uni high out here. Yeah. Which is uh, a public school out here, and then... Um, yeah, I grew up out here. That fly's going to piss yeah, me off. Yeah, that fly. Do you hear that? I do. I hear it. And I, I'm going to try s- to figure out what we're going to do. He's right around you. Does this happen often? No, no. But I, 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to decide whether we're going to deal with it or what we're going to do. Hold on. Hold I on. I think he's still. I see him. I see him. I can't spot him. I see him. Is it on my face? He's on the ground. Passed away. Yeah, he, I think he's uh, he's no longer with us. No, I've never had a fly situation before. <laughs> I'm not, I, you shouldn't take it personally. I brought my pet fly. Oh, fuck. you bastard! <laughs> you killed Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So he comes out here. Yeah. And he and he goes to where? Uni High. What is that? It's a high school on like uh, uh, Barrington, maybe. Yeah. By Santa Monica. Right. Yeah. And then you go. And what business does he get into? He's an accountant for show business people. So okay, so he's in he's in the business. Yeah, but just in. You it's know. funny, like his people over the years have been like, "Well, your dad was in show business yeah, or whatever." I know, I know, but like, yeah, yeah. how often do you? Kick yeah. it with your accountant. It yeah. wasn't like people yeah, were like, like, yeah, he pulled some strings for you, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like I, I, you know, like rocks. He was for mostly music people. And yeah. It wasn't like a bunch of rock people wanted to hang out with, with their, their accountant <laughs> or whatever. It wasn't like he's a very humble, um, really hardworking, num- by the numbers guy. I yeah. love him very dearly. Yeah. He, he's, we're really close. And my mom is this really wonderful, eccentric woman who, my dad being an accountant, was more so like why is my son not normal or walks an unorthodox path right is and that, i think that's a I, you think he framed it like that way originally <laughs> no why is he's he probably doing... like what the fuck is wrong with this kid <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> why can't he do math and my mom was more like groovy you know, yeah she just was like really accepting of eccentricity and was like you're i don't think you're meant for like college or i don't think you're meant right for whatever structure the other kids are on you know and so i'm really grateful to both of them what did she do she was a costume designer back in the day but she's had many many jobs she's like entrepreneurial and yeah raised three kids but also every kid after they were a little grown up was able to start her own kind of thing she's very impressive in that way what'd your other uh, siblings start 
what did they do? Yeah. My younger sister Beanie's like my best friend. She's twenty and yeah. she goes to Wesleyan. She's super cool. Oh, that's Studied, good school. Does like musical theater. Yeah, yeah. Really amazing girl. Um, and my older brother Jordan manages bands. Yeah. Yeah. So you well that's so you all kind of did your own thing. Yeah, and everyone's cool. Like we're a very close family, and I'm to me that's what I look at is like the foundation of everything well, I that's am. That's great. And, have, and they're know? still together. It's amazing. My folks. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And it, that is sort of a weird rap that people do when they don't know what show business is. They're like, Oh, his parents were in the business. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's a huge business. They could be, it could be a gaffer. Well, I mean, what does that mean? Well, my dad always says about LA is like, everyone's in show business. Yeah. Even if you're a dentist, you're like the dentist to yeah. Mark Marin or whatever. He's always like, yeah, that everyone, guy's killing that guy. Yeah. My dentist is a he's, rock star. He's always here for rock star parties. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and my house is like just a nice, quiet, cool and you, people, you know. And you went to that weird uh, school, right? Crossroads, yeah. Well, what would you call it? Is that what you were referring to? Yeah, yeah. I liked it, but... No, no, no. I don't know anything about it other than, you yeah. know, I read some... Uh, I, I read a, a, a kind of a weird book. I don't remember... I, it just uh, it, it was a crazy Vanity it was Fair like, article about the school like a few years ago. It was like a Montessori school for for elder or older kids, right? <laughs> like you just, yeah, like, like we went to Ojai and like talked about our feelings and stuff. Right, and, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> finger. There was finger painting and pottery. What? Yeah, like we called our teachers by our for their first names and stuff. Like what was that. the angle on that school and how'd you end up there? I ended up there because I went to a really rigid school and kind of got. Uh, asked to leave or kicked out however I you want to phrase it. I see, it. I knew we were kindred spirits. I, 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 yeah, what what was your particular crime? Just being a, a, a smartass? I think, yeah, I was really, I was just very, very uninterested in school and structure. I don't know what, what that the, means, but I, I, I really didn't like that school because the kids, like at an artsier school at Crossroads, yeah. it attracted more artsy, interesting kids sure. to me, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Like those kids from that school were great, yeah, but they weren't the elk that I was, that I am maybe, yeah, or the right, same no, kind I, of vibe, whatever it, it is, you know. And so when I went to this other school in tenth grade, yeah, I made all my best friends that I still have to this day at Crossroads. Yeah, yeah, I took. They had a film class there. I saw like Cabinet of Dr. Caligari yeah, and yeah, all yeah. these weird, cool films and David Lynch movies and and you were able to make your own little movies and that wasn't the whole school. It was a really right. good school, but. I'm very um, excited and lucky that I got to go to like an artsier kind of school at that age because it did turn my life in a better direction right, because right. I felt like, oh, there's other weirdos, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's yeah. other people. Well, they're, they're there in regular high schools, but you know, you got to find them. Right. And this and this other school just attracted more people who were down the more straight and narrow path. Well, what, well how did you uh sort of, how did you fuck up? I mean, were you uh were you like uh like a like did you disrupt classes? Did yeah. you not go to <laughs> were, were, did you make teachers cry? I was a really like wild that like middle school area. I was very uh wild. Like in how? What was your thing? Joking around, uh, you know, you weren't me a, messing with teachers, trying to make my friends laugh. It was right. really like you weren't a vandal or a criminal. You were just a no. A guy I that... just I like to ex I like to be bad. Right. It was like fun. There was a real excitement in being naughty. Is a really like weird word but to you're use. You're a funny but... guy, right? So you're a naturally funny person. I you, like you, to hope so. No, no, yeah. you, you have a gift for it. I know that. No, thanks, man. And, you too. Well, I appreciate that. But but the thing about that is that you you realize whether you're conscious of it or not is that you can easily usurp any sort of authoritarian situation with with, with just a line. You can take over a class like that. And, well, and you're like the go-to guy. Like you got a teacher, and all you got to do is go, nah, man, and then like. <laughs> 
<laughs> if, if that's the secret, I'm really happy you just gave it to me. <laughs> the then, ultimate joke. Right, yeah, but then all the kids are like, ah, and then right. the teacher's like, but Jonah. Well, I don't know if you ever found this, but when I was growing up, that was like what, if like, I'm really fascinated. You ever watch these TED Talks? Yeah. On uh, the, net, nef- the Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the old Netflix. Yeah, sure. But I watched this one about like how people really want to, they use checklists to put people in boxes, whatever it is. You want to just immediately give someone uh, a title. Yeah, that art. guy's this and this and this. And yeah, yeah, you yeah. just go, okay, well, she's tall and pretty yeah. and smart. And right. And he's really funny. Right. And so I think if you met me growing up or now, you'd probably maybe say he's funny. So right. when I was just a kid, I just like to make my friends laugh. I like to make my parents laugh. I saw the joy that it brought them and brought me But too. did you like pissing teachers off? I hated my all my teachers until I got to this new school. <laughs> and what I learned about humor at a young age was it was something that can cause and alleviate trouble. Right. So you can cause something really crazy to happen with yeah. a joke, right. but you can also fix it or remedy it in right. some way with a joke. So, sure, sure. You, you hurt somebody and then you go, oh, come on. Right. <laughs> or I get in trouble yeah. and then I'm like, go to the principal and tell right. them what I said. And, and if this, you know, sometimes they would think it was actually funny. Right. And so they would be nicer to me uh, about the punishment or whatever. You right. Know? The charm element. Maybe. I don't know. You know, I just, I just, I saw that it, it was this kind of thing that I liked about life that yeah. I, that for some reason was part but of my it, brain. It you comes know, I don't naturally. Know. It comes naturally, right? Yeah, I don't know. You're not, you're, you know, you don't have to try to be funny necessarily after a certain I just, point. I just, I liked the joy. It, it brings me a lot of joy to make my friends laugh oh, and yeah, my family great. laugh. Yeah. yeah. So, wait, so how did they kick you out of school? Was it dramatic or just a letter? <laughs> it was a letter sing- that said we prefer like we don't want him to come back it was really polite i got a letter from a private school the same thing mark possesses the wrong kind of leadership qualities <laughs> we suggest a military school or a boarding school oh, for gosh. that's what they said my poor parents that's I honestly like when i think of those years i'm just like guys i'm i apologize all the time i'm like really guys. yeah because i just wanted like did you cause them a lot of stress i mean what was the stress level were they like what are we gonna do i always love them we always loved each other right and we're like nice to each yeah, other yeah, but yeah. it was like I think they just had to worry more about me at that time than my siblings probably, you know? So at Crossroads, you go there, you do whatever you want, whatever your interests are, you, your brain opens up to all this stuff. And the teachers were awesome. And yeah. And uh, yeah. My, do you my get a degree so or cool. do you just get a- Yeah, no, it's like a real, like people went to like Harvard and okay. shit from there. Yeah, like, like it's a legit a, school. Yeah. Like it's not just a flower and a backpack. <laughs> yeah. and the, and they do have, al- oh my gosh, they what? really do have some ridiculous shit there. Though. What? what? The, the schedule runs on like three cycles and it's al- alligator, cow, and bear. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't fucking know. <laughs> and we went to Ojai and like, we went on an Ojai retreat in like a sweat lodge. Like it was like totally like a movie, you yeah. know, like it really was totally idiosyncratic was this groovy kids going to a sweat lodge to what did you what did you have a guide i mean what was the idea there you guys were what 14 years old (laughs) yeah my best friend um schmidt and i were together on this trip yeah it was incredible he actually my character in 21 jump street is called schmidt based after my buddy and he uh we went on this trip and (laughs) just a lot of funny stuff happened you know like you're in a suite we're guys who liked funny stuff yeah 
and it was like really sentimental like oh hi like sweat lodge talking about feelings so for people who like to joke around and stuff it was real fucking hard not to (laughs) not to make a joke out of the whole because people were talking about their feelings in the lodge yeah people were saying crazy shit and I respected that because I'm very open with my feelings even at that age but it was more the seriousness of like feeding a tree, right. you know, like it was stuff like that where you, as a funny person or someone who likes to mock things, sure. maybe it's hard not to mock. It's hard not to, it, and you want to be respectful, but you also to your friend are like, are you fucking seeing this man? Like they're f- giving food to a tree, you know, like that's crazy as a 17 year old. Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah, like yeah. new agey bullshit is easy to make fun of. It's so easy. And it's yeah. also easy to see how it like, like it's one of those things as you get older, I think, or maybe mature in some way, you see how like like yoga, I would have never done yoga or something, sure. right? But I, my best friend Kyle, this girl from high school, yeah. is a yoga teacher and I did yeah. some yoga with her and I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. But when they talk about like the stuff in certain, certain right. language they yeah. use yeah. is still funny to me, even though I know it helps people right. and make them, makes why, them better people. Why you understand exactly what you're talking about because I think I have the same thing is that you know, you sound like you're a very sensitive guy. You're, you're very empathetic, but but there is something ridiculous about things. And and I've been in situations mm-hmm. like that where you're like, "This is fuck." It, it's not angry. It's not like this is fucking stupid. I'm not going to do this. But we have to acknowledge it's silly that this is ridiculous, right? But and then you but get you, older and you're like, "Life's crazy," and people just want to be happy, right? Yeah. So whatever the it. fuck makes you happy, like, right? And go you still, with that. but you can still make fun of it. Like yeah. I, you know, I do jokes like that, and it hurts people's feelings. But mm. but there is like people who take themselves very seriously in stuff mm-hmm. that is ridiculous or it seems ridiculous or, or that you don't take seriously. It's just hard not to. You want to mock them right to their face so they kind of lighten the fuck up. It's it, like it's not that serious. For me, know? it's not mocking them. It's more like should we should share in that this is a little silly, silly. Yeah, you know right. like we should look at each other like you know when something weird's happening like on a plane or yeah, an yeah, airport yeah. i always look for someone else right. who gets it like right. dave Chappelle had that bit about the other black guy on a plane right. one of my favorite bits ever because they know they're not going to get taken hostage it's like one of the they like wink at right, each right. other yeah, like we're, we're okay good. yeah 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 i like when something weird happens you know you always look like that was how i knew who my friends were always right where when something strange or bizarre or funny would go down the person you can share eye contact with and go like this is fucking crazy yeah. right you know yeah. and so i love that when you're 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 with a stranger or oh, you're you in a moment. weird place like an airport right, this right. this weird like stop on life yeah, yeah. and you you get to share that moment with someone like two people screaming at each other and you see a person and you're like what? that's fucking crazy right like you're like we're all <laughs> yeah, noticing this yeah. you know <laughs> well i had there was a woman on a plane recently that was doing yoga like she got up and started doing yoga right. in the aisle and I, I i understand you're stretching you've been sitting down a lot but it's fucking ridiculous right you're in you're yeah in public. you're in public <laughs> you're on a plane you know, and, and it's a very fine line between looking around and acknowledging do you say that, something or what's your deal like how do you handle that kind of scenario well, I really tried to to not say something first because my mouth has gotten me into trouble more so mm-hmm. you, no, not because you, your natural imp- because there's a fine line between being funny and being a fucking bully, right? Right? You for know, sure, like, for you, sure. there's a fine line between looking for people who see what you're seeing and going like, that's a fucking dummy," you know, right. and and just being nice about it. So I, you know, I try not to be. I'll just tweet bad shit. <laughs> but yeah, yeah in, in the situation, I figure what are the odds? I find your Twitter on your TV show, your Twitter. Oh, the troll thing. thing well, I have a lot of friends, or I have some friends who are performers yeah. in some way yeah. or another, and I, I find it really interesting when they, they look at themselves on Twitter or they look what people are saying yeah. or something. Yeah. I, I really don't do that. 
I think it's like really bad for you. <laughs> it, is, it is bad for you. It's horrible. But I find it interesting that you do let it, you do do it because you know it makes you feel bummed out or something. You I, know? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I really have a hard time with that every time because I'll fight, you know, I'll have really weird insult fights with friends, you mm-hmm. know, like me and Michael Ian Black or, or Dave Anthony or whatever. Right. But then I'll engage with a troll and I like, I'm just starting. <laughs> I like that episode where you went and found that kid. Yeah. He talks shit about you. <laughs> this is just some poor nerd kid who's angry. <laughs> I, I have a problem with that. I, there's some, the difference between feeling, you know, that warmth of making someone laugh, but uh-huh. also feeling the warmth of like anger. Mm. It's, it's, it's tricky for me. Like, you, you know, they're both feelings and they're tangible. Mm. And one is not good. <laughs> the, right. other, the other is good, but I still have a, a sort of compulsion towards that. Rage is very relieving. Is it for you? Sometimes. I mean, I don't feel good right after, but mm. when you're going, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? You're like, you know, after you do that, you're sort of like, okay, I'm sorry. You know, you're, like, All right, you're crying. I feel that that's out of me, but clearly I've done some damage here. I'm glad you find that enjoyment. No, it's not enjoyment. It's something I have to stop. You don't get angry. You're aware. You're yeah. aware, and that's yeah. the good part. That's right. No, yeah. no, I'm, I'm getting a lot better. Yeah. yeah. I find that if you want to keep women in your life, you might want to turn that down a little bit. You don't find yourself angry? Uh, in general? Yeah. I mean, of course I get angry sometimes, but... Like, uh, what's the, like, what are the things that, like... I would be angry if someone was, like, mean to someone close to me. Yeah. Or, you know, if if I really cared about something creatively and not anger, I actually wouldn't even call it anger. I would just call it like protectiveness. Right. Probably in general. Yeah. And frustration. Yeah. 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 But I, I would really like if, if I love someone and someone's mean to them or something that yeah. would really bum me out and yeah, that would bum me out. So it's usually a friend or family based sort of thing. It's not even anger as much as I would just get like, that they were sad you know <laughs> i don't know but you've never had cause to go like you know shut the fuck up you <laughs> shut the fu- i don't know if shut the fuck up has ever come out of my mouth towards someone um it's like i've just been watching the sopranos and i i literally just i i just finished i know it's weird to, it actually is weird. you watched them all i oh i envy you i'd I, love to watch them all again i uh watched it when it was on and it's yeah. weird to i have to i didn't mean to bring this up but since i did i yeah. i really am like heartbroken that James Gandolfini passed away it really is uh, I got to meet him a couple times and he was, yeah. this isn't what this is about but yeah. just he was the nicest guy yeah. so I'm really heartbroken about that yeah. and I happened to have been on season 5 re-watching it just as a because uh, I love it so much right. when he passed away yeah and I've been watching it, and and one of the things I noticed a lot about it is how people talk to each other in the show yeah um in regards to what you were just talking right, about right, where right. you say like shut the fuck up just right. like your wife or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then the next day you're somehow speaking again like i didn't grow up in a in a household <laughs> like that and so to me it's very fascinating to <laughs> you, watch you didn't um, grow up in a mafia household Good no no <laughs> my dad's gumar was uh no i'm just kidding <laughs> an idea he had yeah it was definitely <laughs> yeah. like in his head no he was great and it was it was shocking you know because like when yeah. somebody who, who was that much of a force of fucking nature just is gone it's like what it's like a, it might a, a be the whole. greatest like character ever I, it is and yeah. one of the greatest shows ever i mean mm-hmm. I, like i like i would love to start watching that again and because we're on a comedy show it's super fucking funny it that, is that oh, is there's definitely a lot of hilarious stuff laugh out loud hysterical funny whenever something i noticed it this time around and not to like just make this about the sopranos or right. whatever but like i noticed this thing 
that they do so brilliantly is whenever someone is going through a modern social problem, yeah. they go to Satriel's in the back room and all the guys who were in the century before, like right. cavemen try and work out how they feel about it. Right. And it's the most, it's always the most brilliant comedy scene because it'll be like, whether it's therapy or suicide or right. being gay or whatever right. it is. And you have these cavemen trying to really work out <laughs> yeah. like what they feel about it. Right. And if they're able to shift perspective in some way into the next century, oh, like, like Pat Cooper on the therapy thing where he's like, you know, what are you telling her? The one where, I mean, my favorite scene in the Sopranos and one of my favorite things, anything is when Meadow's boyfriend, Finn had seen Vito giving a blowjob to the security guard and Tony brings him in to tell all the guys what he saw. Yeah. And he's like, and they're all sitting there and they're all trying to digest this. And he goes, so Polly, Polly, I think goes like, so he's, uh, <laughs> he's like, uh, so he's getting a blowjob from the security guard. And then the boyfriend who's totally innocent goes, no, no, no. Uh, it's, it was the other way around and they all explode and like, Oh, and then it's like, he's fucking dead. You know, like that, that, like him getting right. a blowjob was maybe okay. they were going to maybe be able to work yeah, that he's out. In, he's in control. He's and the, the, yeah. he's the t- <laughs> and then when they find out he's blowing him, it's like he's. It's just it's these great, people. Yeah. They figured out this formula of like these people dealing with problems they're not prepared to deal with in a very funny conversational oh, yeah. it's way. Great, you know? and even some of the most gruesome scenes are really sort of they're, they 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 kind of play out as sort of funny. Mm-hmm. You know, like when what's his name. Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but when uh, the the door's locked on the truck and the kid's in the truck and it runs over his head. Oh my gosh, yeah, Phil Leotardo. It's it's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, on some level. And then the kids are watching, these young African-American kids are watching and they're like, oh Oh, shit, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they do definitely. I mean, it's graphic and crazy as it is. And that's why, like, what Goodfellas is so funny too. You know, there there is such humor within these people trying to figure out and also that type, modern you know, stuff. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. The, the sort of resistance and the way they talk—it's funny. It's, yeah. it's very engaged. Mm-hmm. So when was the? What, now, how did you end up in? I, I know this is a story you've told, but the first movie you did was a forty-year-old virgin. No, the first movie I was ever in was called I Heart Huckabees. And I saw that movie, directed by David O. Russell. I like that movie. I I love David O. Russell. He's I yeah, mean, I, I love to He's one of my guy. favorites. Yeah, he's a genius. I don't guy. know him super well personally, but how, how old uh, were you though? What did you play? Why can't I, I remember? Was Eighteen or nineteen. I was in like two scenes. Okay. I was the African guy's younger brother, and we would like collect autographs. And there was oh, right, one right. dinner table scene that was okay. more prominently featured in. That's a it's a bizarre movie. Like that guy, he's got Very real balls. As a, he's got balls as a director. It's like as far as it's like an Ionesco play. It's a completely absurd, weird thing. To me, like you know. David, or as, as far as like the obvious geniuses, like, you know, Scorsese yeah. and Spielberg and all these, you know, people who are the old guard, who yeah. are the most, you know, already right. regarded in right. that way. I think David O. Russell and Paul Thomas Anderson are like, absolutely the guys of this generation oh, that have just made movies that are pushing th- they just are ballsy at like every turn yeah and and completely you different. Know? They're not, they're not just hacking on themselves. I mean, David and their o. movies Russell. are different, you know, yeah. like, like. Flirting with Disaster is one of the best comedies yeah. like, ever. And yeah. then you have like The Fighter. Just, there's or the so fucking many, Three Kings. Three Kings is, is a fucking amazing. masterpiece. It's amazing, yeah. And that's, and the, yeah. And 
Oh, there was some like they're just so funny as well as like yeah. heart wrenching. Oh stuff, yeah, the fighter's know? great. It's mm-hmm. great. Um, but uh, well, I, that's where that uh, that that thing that went around where he's yelling at Lily Tomlin. That's where that <laughs> happened. Do you have any recollection of him being a a crazy man? I I mean I I wasn't around for that. Yeah. But I mean he is an eccentric guy at least at that time. I don't know him any longer. I mean I haven't seen. I maybe said hello, but really don't know him. You guys don't all know each other. Once you, <laughs> once you hit a, once you reach a certain level, you're not just sort of like. I think I'll call David O. Russell. No, if I see him, I would say, David, thanks for my... I literally, every time I see him, just go, hey, Dave, I loved your whatever your last movie was, and right. thanks for giving me my first job. So, um, How'd you get the job? How'd you get the uh, audition for him? I w- I'm clo- I was, am close with the Hoffman family, Dustin yeah. Hoffman, his kids, and uh, um, Jake and Becky went to school in New York while I was there, and they you know, thought I was really funny, and, and uh, I got, you know close with their family yeah. they're really lovely yeah. amazing people and when dustin was doing this movie art huckabees he uh asked me to come and audition or asked david if i can come and audition and uh i am so grateful for that yeah he seemed i i love dustin hoffman he's amazing yeah. he's my favorite my favorite actor maybe yeah, right probably so, yeah. so as a person that you sit at a dinner table with he's also amazing he's incredibly funny <laughs> He's so funny. He's in good shape. So nice. Super good shape. How does and he, what does he do? How does he stay in such good shape? I don't is know. Is it just genetics? You gotta have him on the show, man. <laughs> yeah. Their whole family is like lovely, amazing, inspiring people. So that so that was the first break. Mm-hmm. And then and then Judd found you somehow? And then Judd uh and I, after that, I, I did a movie for Adam Sandler's company called Grandma's Boy, which was um, a comedy that Adam made. And him yeah. and Alan Covert, who's a great guy. I'm sure yeah. you know Alan. I don't. I don't. You don't know Alan Covert? I don't think so. Me and Adam are like in different worlds. I, I, I said right. something that offended him a million years ago, and I don't know if we're- if I don't you're know ever if I'm cool. A, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, Adam, to me, growing up, like those comedy yeah, records, yeah, yeah. to me, were, you know, like the goat. Yeah, Things yeah. like that were yeah. fucking like- mind-blowing yeah, to me yeah. like the jewish thing i told you about, yeah yeah you know? no, definitely and um and then judd uh and seth and yeah. evan and and shauna robertson right. and, and a bunch of amazing people led by judd came into my life by fortune and and you know i'm it's crazy to think about now kind of 10 years later it's only 10 years right it's not even that long decades not i mean what's happened in a decade is mind-blowing right yeah and I, i'm actually interested to hear your did you have much experience with judd like coming up as a comic or we met a couple times but yeah. I, I didn't really know him that well you, you know he went uh you know he was one of the smarter ones who realized that uh, stand-up is a, a long hard and horrible road right. and that he had talents that were comedic but could go other places and mm. you know he built a different life for himself definitely i met him briefly at one point in time and, and then you know by the time i interviewed him that just came about because he loved the show mm-hmm. and he wanted to you know he wanted to be on the show so yeah. that so then we that's when we became friends kind of cool. so i didn't really know him as a comic no that whole crew i didn't really know they came out to la sort of early mm-hmm. and i was still in new, new york. york yeah well they had a plan they seemed to realize that the show business was Hollywood. a business and that you know you go find your way in the business so i just thought like well i want to be a comic and it'll find me when it has to right yeah so i'm in my garage and they're up on the hill (laughs) i think you're doing okay i'm doing all right (laughs) i'm getting by but in the 40 year old version that scene with you i didn't know who the fuck you were and when i first saw that i'm like who the fuck is that guy (laughs) like that was the funniest fucking thing in the world because it was a type. thank you well the you and i and i think with seth too that you guys have somehow like you were saying about cool jews Mm -hmm. 
is that there was sort of a patter. There was sort of a, a way that Jewish comedy was delivered. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right in saying that Adam did something different. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, I think that, you know, the way Jewish timing sort of played out, if you watch Woody Allen, you watch any of the mm-hmm. old comedies that are, that are Jew driven, there was a neurotic Albert sort Brooks. of. Right, there was a neurotic, sort of self-aware, persistent. It had a a, a rhythm to it, uh-huh. and I think you guys sort of came out you know, like you and Seth, and who were who were the other guys? Like, well, you know, Paul primary- Rudd. Well, Jason Siegel. Well, yeah, Jason too. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking Jews. I don't think Paul's Jewish. Is he? <laughs> he's half. He, is, right? He's half Jewish. He's full. Runs full? a full Jew. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good. So <laughs> he just doesn't look Jewish. I so many, there, so he's many, handsome. That's right, why. <laughs> right. There's so many shows I've been doing lately that's just like this Jewish theme. Like I'm just waiting for the anti-Semites to be like, "All right, enough." No, we but get you it. know what? Because of that thing, because of that thing I told you about, like the Beastie Boys, yeah. not, or not that I'm in any way cool, but like. I think it was dope that they weren't shy about being Jewish. I think it's cool. No, it's, really but, do, but it's you know? great because it transcended the shtick of it. You know, there was this mm-hmm. whole period in the '70s where all Jewish comedy was like, "Hey, I can't." I'm a, right. You know, there was the Cat earlier, and there was Catskills, yeah. and then and then you went into sort of like I'm an analysis, mm-hmm. and then it was sort of this gray area, and then you guys sort of did something that wasn't shtick. It was like there was a different time timing to it. Mm-hmm. Like when you did that scene in Forty Year Old Version, I'm like, I, I I didn't even know it was just funny in a way that I had not seen before, and it was so brief that the scene was so tight that it and you sort of stood out in that whole fucking movie that's I mean, really nice man Thank did you. you feel that well that day it was one day yeah. was probably i would say maybe the most important day in my life if not right, definitely right. one of them because right. i was friendly with seth and met judd in the audition for that movie i knew seth i met seth in a movie theater before then just by coincidence i, I mean, just sat behind him and jason schwartzman was a mutual friend of ours and so we yeah talked about jason and how great of a guy he is right. which he is yeah um and so i knew seth and we were friendly and then uh i got that part and there was one line and the the whole bit was about an ebay store Right, yeah, with Keener, and it didn't yeah, yeah. it didn't make sense because it's like I want to buy a skateboard, and she said you can't, and he's like yeah. I don't get it, and that was the whole scene. Right. Now it was pouring rain that day right. that I got there. This sounds like I'm trying to be overly cinematic or no, something, no, good. but it's it was good. pouring rain, yeah, and they couldn't shoot the scene they were trying to shoot outside, so right. they had a whole day to shoot this one fucking line scene, mm-hmm. and so Judd was just like didn't it was his first movie, and he was just like just start you know. We just, everyone, I noticed everyone was improvising. So I just was like, this is an opportunity to show someone who I think is really, really amazing and look up to so much that maybe I could improvise with these other people here. And I got to improvise that scene for a whole day with those, we found those random goldfish boots and it turned to me talking shit to Keener with (laughs) Catherine Keener, who's by the way, the greatest person in the world, um, uh, talking shit to each other. And it became this kind of thing. And Seth would call me over the months that they were testing, test screening the movie yeah. for audiences. Right. And he goes, he said to me, him and Judd said to me, there's no logical reason for this scene to even be in the movie. Like, <laughs> all we want to do is cut it out, but it keeps getting really big laughs. Yeah. And so that was a moment for me that really, I think, you'd have to ask them, but I think it made Judd maybe... Uh, want to continue working with me. Right. You know, and so that was an important day for me and I'm really grateful to did, him in every way. Did yeah. you feel that at that moment that you had some, like knowing that your comedy, your sense of humor was was so validated in such a huge way, did you find that, um, I, I don't know, it's, it's weird to be funny on purpose. 
You, you know, like, cause I in do it for way? a living. Well, it's just all of a sudden, like you're the funny guy and you got to show up and do that. Did you become hyper aware of how to work with your sense of humor more? Or did it, were you just sort of like, eh, I just did the thing. I just riffed it. And that was that. I, I mean, with, I really just approached it as an, as from like an actor in a movie. So if the character was right. a certain way, you know, <laughs> or in that scene, there wasn't a character. So I maybe invented some weird, aloof. Right weird kid you know um, but you have a natural sense of timing it's just interesting and with the judd stuff yeah. it's very uh set up for right. who's the funny like you right. need to kind of bring your shit or you're not going to make make it in the film right like you're going to get cut out of the movie if you're not really funny so there's a real importance so on being right making sure you write material for right. that scene you think of what areas that scene could maybe go in and then would be really open to improvising within that scene and then like with in knocked up and then in in super bad there's like the character in in 40 year old virgin was it was very it, there was a there was sort of a, a slightness to him and sort of yeah. an oddness to him, but it wasn't, you didn't have time to really flesh out a character. No, it was like a three second yeah. scene. But then in, not, in Knocked Up and then in Superbad, you're the you're, you're slightly aggravated funny. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that for some reason, I want you to be that guy. <laughs> in my mind, it's like, he's got to be this aggravated sort of, you know, compulsive Jewy guy, you know, that's, you know, that's always got an angle on something. But, well, I don't know, you know, in Superbad, that script was so beautifully written by Seth and Evan. I mean, never, to this day, never received a script. Maybe Cyrus, I, I was very, like, moved by that script, just the screenplay of it. Like, that script they worked on for 10 years. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah, I the, talked to them about it, yeah. Yeah, I heard them yeah. on here. They were great. And those guys are, in my opinion, the best comedy writers in, in the screenwriters working today. They're good guys, the too. I mean, they're, they're the nicest. <laughs> they're, you know the word mensch? It was like invented for those guys, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so, but they wrote this screenplay that was honestly, the table read where, where we read it out yeah. loud for the studio and right. stuff was like a epic thing amongst the studio right. because it was us just reading it and their script was so funny that, so so that character was really angry. He was a guy who had felt slighted by life. So right. um, that was easy to have that approach. And <laughs> the only thing I was cautious of was to maybe try and make a character in Superbad that felt with all the anger and hostility that you kind of understand why he's maybe angry and right. maybe have some sort of sympathy towards the end of the film. You're you conscious know? of that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, and again, like, I don't want to sound like I, you know, anything, but I just approach it as an actor in a right. movie. I love movies. Right. You know, you know, like you, you grew up doing stand up. Yeah. Like I just grew up watching movies. Right. That's really what I was interested yeah. in. So, I really love acting in that way where even when it's a, f a funny role where you have to be really funny, right? there's, there has to be some realness to the care. You know, there, sure. you have to make sure the character feels like a person, you know, in real life. And, right. And, is, and it's gotta is be part of you. Fully rounded. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, well, I, in Cyrus, was, would that be the first dramatic turn? That movie? I would, I, I, I love Mark and Jay who, Mark, Mark Duplass has been yeah. on this show. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are such beautiful i don't yeah. describe men as beautiful people yeah. but they're like have these beautiful hearts they real like they can say like some spiritual shit that you wouldn't make fun of yeah you know what i mean oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's like they're so pure about it Practical. They're, so, they're just lovely yeah and they write like that and the yeah. movies are like that so basically i was at a point in my career where where uh super bad had come out and i was really intimidated to do another 
film because people really liked it and yeah. I, I really liked it and I had gotten handed this amazing script for Superbad and like the other scripts maybe weren't like I didn't feel were going to be as awesome as Superbad right. was. So I took a writing job for Sasha Baron Cohen and worked for him and had a lovely experience on, on Bruno, the movie Bruno. With Seth, right? Well, no. Seth and Evan wrote on the Ali G show, oh, that's which right. is okay, yeah, yeah, the yeah. greatest thing and ever. And did they bring you into Bruno? Were they like they? Um, I think recommended me to Sasha, yeah. and then because I didn't want to, I wanted well, to take a, a writing job. Why? But that's a weird sort of decision. I mean, you know, you were getting a lot of good reviews. You had done some great comedy, comedic turns in the career, and you what you wanted to just write. I was, I would say, intimidated to. I would be say scared or like intimidated to to be the lead in another film. Were you, you know? afraid that you? Were you afraid of typecasting? I don't know if it was typecasting. It, it, I, typecasting wouldn't bother me as long it w- if, if it was an amazing movie. <laughs> right. Well, no, but there is some, like, I've talked to enough guys to know, like, you know, I talked to Michael Keaton, uh, you know, who, you know, some people think, you know, kind of, you know, took his career into, you know, into the ground mm-hmm. by wanting to mix things up. Mm-hmm. Was there a point where you were like, you know, I don't want to be the clown? It wasn't like a clown kind of thing. Because yeah. Cyrus was, I think, really funny, too. Oh, no, it definitely. Just, it just was... um. I wanted to play different kinds of characters. Right. I wanted to make challenge sh- yourself. Make sure that I was I was doing stuff that was different or important yeah. to me in some way. And so uh, I was writing for Sasha, and yeah. I I was getting um, I was lucky enough to get offered a lot of big movies, yeah. and I was scared to do them. Like what? Um, it's not important just because I don't want right. to be mean to the actors who, who ended up doing yeah, yeah, it. But yeah. uh, it wasn't it wasn't. Um, it didn't feel right, and I, w- I would say it was my own intimidation of insecurity, or is I would that what say you're no intimidation of the movie not being as much as proud of the movie as I was of Superbad. Okay, right, you right, know, right. like that was like your perfect movie. Experience. It just was like yeah. at that time. Like, yeah. Okay, so you have to go by like the time in your life, right? right? Yeah. So at that time, as like a twenty-one or twenty-two year old, yeah. to get that script, it was like God came down and <laughs> it, it was everything I ever could have wanted in a movie with Judd making sure it was great and yeah. Greg Matola, this amazing director and Seth and Evan who are just so they we just spoke the same language right, right. and Shauna Robertson who's my best friend who produced a lot of those movies um, yeah. it just was it was like a dream like you perfect. couldn't ask Every, for all the stars aligned all Mike's Michael Sarah who yeah. I have to great you know yeah him on your show was really what inspired me to do this because yeah. he i talked to him last night on text and yeah he's just the funniest person i've ever met in my sweet life sweet guy too the, genuine guy the loveliest yeah. person and, yeah. and uh so it was like scary you'd yeah. read these scripts that maybe were halfway there or three yeah. quarter or maybe could be good and so you were like you were sort of like i okay, stepped I, back right and and really and made some choices wanted to become a better writer yeah until something as an actor really right was great to me you know so I worked for Sasha and learned so much uh, writing on Bruno with Sasha, and he taught me so much about how to be a better writer. Like He's, what? He works so hard to make these things great. You know, yeah. he does not take it easy on himself. Right. And I think Judd is the same way. Right. You know, you learn you learn from ha- lucky enough to have mentors like that. Right. I'm so lucky. I think actually mentorship is the greatest thing you can do in the world for somebody. I was so lucky to have that. But my even my dad or my brother in their respective fields, they don't take it easy on themselves. Right. Working hard is a value. It is. And these guys reflected that, yeah. you know, like and my dad. Was so, that something that when you were younger that you like, cause I know as a, as a class clown and sort of a natural creative person or a disruptor that a lot of what I got when I was younger was like, he's very bright, but he's just not motivated. I'm really fascinated by 
when something clicks in for some for yeah. a kid, right? Right. So I would always, you know, my mom would always be like, "You're special," but everyone thought she was like crazy yeah. or whatever, yeah. right? Because you know, right. there was no real evidence of right. that. You through, weren't motivated through yet. academics right. or athleticism right. or anything. So, so. I'm always fascinated by that point in time when something clicks right. in for right. that person. So once I found movies and comedy and screenwriting and acting, there I couldn't be. I, I wouldn't want to do anything but work right. on that and right. make that better. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Once that clicked in for me, I had my thing. It's weird because you know? like when you talk about that, you know, it's not, and, and it happened at the time it's supposed to happen. I mean, you know, some people are great students, but I mean, that wasn't us. So, but there is, <laughs> but you know, when this, when you really found what you wanted to do, you know, there was a certain amount of, you know, cosmic synchronicity uh -huh. in, but the age is, is the right age. I mean, what, you were 21, 20 years old yeah. and this shit started, I mean, that's when it's supposed to happen. Or just, I'm you know, even lucky that it happened at that. I was 18 and right. I'm even lucky that that happened at that age because a lot of my best buddies, they're still you know, fine. we're maybe 28, 29, right, still right. trying to really find whatever that passion is. Sure. So I feel fortunate that even at that age, I knew what was up for, or knew what I was passionate about. So when you, you know? do, well, okay, so uh, you work with Bruno. Yeah, I was working for Sasha yeah. and he was amazing. All those guys, uh, yeah. his writers are so funny too. Like those guys deserve so much props like Dan Mazur and Ant Hines. All these guys are so f brilliant. Uh, yeah. Mark and Jay it was a choice between a really big movie and Mark and Jay had this movie Cyrus, but I should start with, I met them at a film festival 10 years ago, uh, the Duplass brothers and yeah. saw their short film intervention. Yeah. And I was blown away by it. And I was 18 and I was like, I want to be an actor. You guys have no value in me at all. But if anything ever happens to either you said of that to us, him? yeah, I was 18. And, and wait, I was like, you, how were you at this film festival? I, I was in my, I was in Jay Kaufman, my buddy, uh, yeah. Dustin son, uh, made this short film that I was in and that film was in the film festival as well. That's hilarious. And I saw this short film and yeah. I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> yeah. 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 These guys are brilliant. Right. And I was 18. I just, well, it was in Las Vegas. It was Cine Vegas. I don't even yeah. know if it's still around anymore. Yeah. And I went to Mark and Jay and I was like this 18 year old kid. And I was like, <laughs> Imagine an 18 year old kid walking up to you right now going like, if you'd ever like me to act in anything, I'd love to be a part of it. These guys were like, who the fuck is this guy? And why would we ever yeah. want to? Oh, it was in a short film and the other short film. Yeah. yeah. And then when Michael, when Michael, and I, Michael Sarah and I were making Superbad, we saw that we would watch trailers all the time in, in our trailer. Yeah. Uh, and, and we saw the puffy chair trailer, yeah, yeah, Mark yeah. and Jay's movie. And I was like, these are the fucking guys that made intervention. I told yeah. you about these guys. And we were all amped. And when Superbad came out and was successful, I reached out to them yeah. and was like, hey, I met you guys a while ago. Um, I'm maybe in a position now where people will pay for movies that I want to be in. Yeah. And you're the first people I thought of that I wanted to work with. And we went and got tacos in Silver Lake. And uh, they gave me the script for Cyrus, which besides Superbad was like, yeah. I, all the scripts that have been the movies I'm most proud of, it's because the scripts, I immediately knew they were the right movie yeah. for me to be in. You right, know? right. And I read it and it was the, it was the most, it was so funny, but so moving. Like it was really, it sounds like so corny, but it really moved me a lot. You know? So that was like another one of those characters, not unlike you said, in terms of when you looked at it in Superbad that, you know, towards the end, there was a turn in this guy's personality that enabled you to to feel empathy for him because that's a difficult character in cyrus cyrus i think is probably the most complex dude i'll ever play maybe yeah. and those guys only seeing super bad and knocked up whatever feeling trusting enough for me to play that guy was the nicest it was as nice it was like judd seeing me or, or you know yeah, like right i'm just really grateful that they 
trusted their movie yeah, it's, to me in that way. You it's, know? A, it's, a, it's a great movie, and it is funny in a very unique way. Because it's a, tr- it's a tricky character, because you're like, he's creepy. You know, he's he's, he's so got problems, up. and you know, him and his just, mom have this really weird yeah. relationship. Oh god, dude! When you, for the first time you like hug and stuff, or I mean, I don't remember what the moment was. When I read the scene, oh, the shower, the shower that's yeah. when I was like, this movie's fucking batshit, man. <laughs> like he walks in, the mom's in the shower, and John yeah. C. Riley's there, yeah. and he walks in and brushes his teeth while his mom's in the shower, and I was like, this movie is gonna be crazy. I want to be in this movie. <laughs> and it it, it it fared well. I mean, it did great for you, right? Well. It, I, people, I, when, I don't know. I, I love it so much. I love it. I, I love it. I've watched I'm, it twice. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I love it, and I love those guys, and, he, and I love John Riley and, and Marissa Tomei and Catherine Keener. Like that was just such a cool experience. We shot it in that house, and, and you know Keener at this point because you worked with her before, and she's just, she's great. She's been the catalyst for most of these things in my life, actually. <laughs> if you really think about it, because yeah. what happened from that was, um, uh, I had heard that Cyrus was turning out pretty well yeah and i think some people were maybe starting to hear that it was going to be a cool mo- little movie yeah. or something and, yeah and i got on a list a long list of actors to to uh maybe play this part in moneyball yeah and bennett miller who's one of my he's one of the who is the smartest person i've ever met yeah I, he is literally yeah. the yeah. smartest guy i've ever met he was living with keener casting the movie yeah. and keener was in cyrus saying like you know jonah uh, did a different kind of thing. It's not like super bad or whatever. Uh-huh. And he was like starting to take note of that because he was living in her guest house. Yeah. And so I, Mark and Jay, I asked them if I could show a screen. It was like set up as a mock friends and family screening. Right. It was like a Truman show I kind of pulled so Bennett could come see. Before the release of Cyrus. Way before they yeah. were even done. And yeah. so um, he saw that and then him and me and Michael Sayre and stuff went to Cantor's after because yeah. I showed Mike the movie too. And I got the part uh, for Moneyball, for Moneyball, which obviously you know, which for me was a really uh, an- another great thing. I'm fortunate to have been a part of, you know. Well, it, it seemed like th- you know things lined up, and also in between that, you did get him to the Greek. Yeah, get him to the Greek. Nick Stoller, who and Rodney Rothman, like those guys. So Judd, the, the most amazing thing about Judd is that he just finds all these cool, funny people, you know, yeah, not yeah. me included. I'm yeah, the, right, right. the bad apple of, the, right, right. <laughs> but like, you know, Nick Stoller and Rodney Rothman, all these writers that we got to be around and, and they, you know, they, they made, Nick Stoller made Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. And get him to the Greek. And, and you had another great scene in that too. Thanks man. And I that's mean, what, is that what sort of built the relationship between you and Russell? And yeah, that <laughs> was like, that was an interesting thing because, I got to be in Hawaii for a month and yeah. I only shot like one or two days or something. <laughs> and so I would just hang with Paul Rudd. I would babysit Paul Rudd's kid, you know, Jack. Yeah. I would literally just take him around and look at sprinklers and stuff. And <laughs> he was obsessed with sprinklers. It was really fun. And I'd give him cupcakes for breakfast. Yeah. And sorry, Julie. And, uh, you know, I, and I, um, I wasn't working so I, a lot. So I was just in Hawaii yeah. and I would go watch and hang with all the guys and yeah. stuff. And, and, uh, I had these scenes with Russell Brand. I didn't know who Russell Brand was. Yeah. And I remember he kept being like, I'm really famous in England. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, this dude's full of shit. No way, man. That's like the, I'm big in Japan. It's yeah. like the worst line ever. You yeah, know? Yeah, and he's yeah. like, no, for real. I'm like, like real fucking famous in England. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, cool. And so we acted together and I just played this like weird sycophantic yeah. dude who was obsessed with the rock star guy. Right. And, um, and I think when they were editing that, Nick liked, 
the maybe the relationship between Russell and I. I thought we bounced off each other in a funny way and get him to the Greek uh, was the result of that. I think and Nick it's Stoller a funny movie, like, man. Thank you, man. That honestly, Nick Stoller is like the funniest motherfucker ever. Yeah, because that's all him. Yeah, and Rodney Roth. And it's very different though, because to do like it's hard with those huge big budget comedies. Like you know, how far off? You know, how far? How how big is the comedy going to get? You Uh know, and how is it going to deter from the story? And you sort of like you suspend your disbelief a little bit because that's the way movies are. But the difference between something like Cyrus and something like Get Him to the Greek, you have to like I watch what I watch. I watched Heat last night, and like I forget that you know the best. Yeah, except I, for the love scenes. Well, no, what, no, I'm thinking of the the heat, the the new, oh, the, the new one. I was talking about the, the De Niro, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. No, that's a good movie. <laughs> no, the Melissa McCarthy movie. Yeah, is that it's tricky with huge comedies because you there are certain <clears throat> things you know there there are certain indulgences. Uh, taken in order to get more comedy, you know, where right. you're watching the story like that's nah, not going to happen, but it doesn't fucking matter because right. the comedy is what's important, right? Right, the big set pieces, right? Yeah, you know, stuff but like it was, that. but it's it, it just becomes an entertainment, it becomes funny, and your dynamic was funny, but that seems effortless to me. What takes more work for you, really, as an actor, when you think about it, is doing comedy. What? I, it's a weird question because I know you know you're an actor, but you're also you know a great comic actor, and that seems to be what you got known for. Now you're kind of you're doing a bunch of other stuff, but comedy is it easier is it easier than drama yeah it's just so different but i mean but like just when you're in it the the thing i mean because like it seems like when you're doing cyrus the choices that you have to make to maintain that character there's a diligence to it that you have to really you know you've got to stay in that thing and you've got to interact like that whereas i think any comedy you're in whether you know whatever amplification you're at personality wise right the groove is different well the, here's what i appreciate that compliment very much mark i i i don't deserve that. <laughs> but that diligence was not. <laughs> but in in drama, it's real life. So whatever the conversation would be like in real life yeah. within that character, yeah. you stay in. Yeah. In comedy, you find a weird tone right. that you, you were just talking about. Right. Like it's a little heightened reality. Right. And each movie's different. Right. And so with the challenge with making a comedy film is yeah. everyone deciding on the same tone of reality. Uh-huh. Right, like right. so, Twenty One Jump Street has we decided on a little bit heightened. There was this little vibe of heightened reality, yeah. not even little. At some points, like the chicken truck and shit like that. Like right. we decided we were going to take some things to go a little more fun. Right, that wouldn't exactly happen in real life. Sure. Whereas, um, you know, like Funny People, yeah, Judd's Judd's movies, and I think the way Judd's gone as a filmmaker tend to be comedy within real life in sometimes broad comedy within right. real life. Right. So to me, and that's all learning from Judd, yeah. honestly, like Judd, Judd's a Jedi dude. Yeah. Like he just is a total Jedi. Yeah. He, he, you know, he knows so much how to make these kinds of films. And I think so much of it is settling on what the reality is within the film. Right. So everyone is now on the same page. Right. And the director's job is to adjust those people to that reality That's once they've decided. Sure. So to me, uh, right now, I love the. I'm really, really lucky that I get to go back and forth. Yeah. I try and do one comedy and it's one a rare drama thing. a year. It's a rare thing. So you're conscious of that, like one comedy, one one. Well, drama. not like I won't do this movie f- for whatever reason. Right. Like I would do any movie if I thought it was going to be right. awesome. Right. <laughs> I just want to make movies I would go yeah, see yeah, at yeah. the end of the day. But so I don't get stale at either one, maybe or 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 I don't know like I'm gonna make, I just made two dramas in a row and then I'm gonna go make 22 Jump Street in September and I couldn't be more excited 
to go be fucking funny. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. just like to just go and be funny <laughs> with Channing and right. Phil and Chris, the directors, and yeah. like just fucking laugh. Yeah. So that's awesome, you yeah, know. Yeah, like, yeah. And I'm so lucky. So I don't think one's harder. One, you have to be more conscious of a joke every minute. That's yeah. another thing. You sure. Know? You know you're delivering comedy. And exactly. the other one, you you know, you don't have to have that awareness. Like you a know? scene could be cool in a drama. Yeah. Where like nothing funny happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whereas like if you're shooting 21 Jump Street and you haven't made like six jokes in this scene, you <laughs> fucked up big time, dude. You're like in big ass trouble and you're going to be an ADR with a pen and a piece of paper trying to punch up the movie afterwards, you know? Yeah. In Moneyball, though, when you got that opportunity, what was the the difference in your confidence, you know, as opposed to saying, how do you transcend the intimidation of it? I mean, that was a big opportunity. It was. Uh, knowing Bennett through Catherine Keener yeah. and Shauna Robertson helped a lot. Just he, knowing, like, oh, you trust that guy. Well, I mean, I, I think it's more like, do these people fucking trust me? That <laughs> yeah, right, is right. always how, you know... Right. In those situations, you right. feel like, right. just please don't kick me out. Right. That's like literally, you know, <laughs> you just like, I just, it was so, in the same thing with Judd, like yeah. early on, I yeah. was just like, please don't find someone you like better, you know, uh, you know, or, or yeah. that's going to do this better, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, but the Brad Pitt thing was the most intimidating on that movie yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, just in the initial rehearsals were right. just me, Bennett, Brad Pitt, and myself right. in a room. Yeah. Uh, and he is the coolest. Had you coolest met him guy. before? I had met him a couple times, yeah. and he had uh, approved me to play. He right. produced the movie, so he had approved me to play the right. part. And I had met him at a radio, at a concert, a Radiohead concert yeah. years ago. Yeah. After Superbad had come out, he is the coolest dude. Yeah. He, he is a bro. Yeah. You know, he yeah. could hang like this, yeah. and yeah. he would fucking love you, dude. Yeah. Because he's has that same kind of alternative. Um, right mentality towards things you he's know he's always those... offbeat like wants to look for offbeat right shit, you know he's a guy that like i have no idea what he's like you know he's he's just a... super cool yeah and super nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know so i was intimidated right to go into those first rehearsals right. and then like so that wasn't intimidating enough and then like a week into it philip seymour hoffman gets there and it's just us four in yeah. a room and i'm like what the fuck the fuck dude like <laughs> this is this is really intimidating you know and so but brad is so brad pitt is very disarming of that he's just a, he's so famous that you can help not help but be intimidated yeah but he's so disarming he knows of it that. and charming and cool yeah. that it goes away after a week phil philip seymour hoffman phil was way more intimidating to me uh just because when he walks into a room to act yeah like if you're gonna prepare to do a scene mm -hmm. Everybody just better be on fucking point because like he's so good that you are going to get eviscerated if you're not trying really hard not to. You yeah, know? yeah, he's locked in. He's just so good. You yeah. watch him act and you're like, I'm. This is. I don't know. I'm watching. Did like, you learn a great from artist. him on set? I mean, were you? Did, were there? Were there things that you notice about these guys when you say that he's so good? Did you on set? Did it, it did it raise the stakes of your game, or did you think about that? I try and learn as much as possible yeah, yeah. whenever I'm around. Did you anyone. ever have any formal training acting? I did at New School. Right, that's yeah. it though, huh? Yeah, not a, a tremendous right. amount. Um, yeah. And then I just got to make a bunch of movies. I was so lucky right. that I hopefully just tried to get better with each movie, and you know, but uh, I try and learn as much as possible. 
Uh, did they ever tell you anything? Did you ever ask anybody anything? Did you ever like when you were working with someone like Philip Seymour Hoffman in that role where you know he you know that he also that, hates me in the movie, which right. was scary. That that was really the most scary. <laughs> right, but you know, like, did you like did you glean anything from him? Did you did he give you any advice or was he just he, he didn't? I didn't ask his. It didn't like he comes in to set. He's yeah. he's there. You yeah, know, that's he's, it. He's yeah, there to work. He's there to work, and and I. Of course, probably learned so much by just be right. watching him and acting in right. a scene with right. him. But I'd say I'd probably learned the most from John C. Riley and Leonardo DiCaprio. I would say those are the two guys who probably have, through acting with them, just as an actor. Yeah, you know, like Judd and Seth yeah. and Evan have taught me more than I could ever right. imagine. But as actors, yeah. those two guys really like I feel have taught me so much, and I've become a Better, Maybe better yeah. because of I got to work with those guys. Like what specifically? Do you and know? Brad and Brad yeah. Pitt. What specifically? Like with John and, and Leonardo. Like because I mean they're, they're they're they seem sort of like like John's great and Leonardo's a, you know like a movie star, but he's always good too. What was it? An emotional thing? Uh, I think John C. Riley is just a gift from heaven. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like yeah, the way he can evoke sympathy from his performances. Yeah. Uh, you know, like in Magnolia or yeah. or even Chicago, like Mr. Yeah. Cellophane, man. Yeah. He makes you want to cry. Yeah. And he's so brilliantly funny yeah. also. Yeah. And he's so talented. I just think that guy is like otherworldly. Mm -hmm. And then um, Leonardo DiCaprio is a guy is so, he's just, I think he's the best actor I've ever worked with. He's just fucking brilliant. He can just transform himself immediately yeah. and i've never seen anything like it just like on a dime yeah and what's so i think what brad pitt is so good at is is he's doing so much that you're not maybe picking up on right him. i right. don't know i think he's just one of the subtlest actors there's a naturalness to it he's just got yeah. a swagger to yeah, his yeah. acting that real movie star thing but john riley i think can make your heart break yeah, yeah and i yeah. think you can't learn that I yeah no right yeah that's amazing so now okay so you get all these accolades and all these uh nominations and now you're 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 at a different level has it fucked with you I at disagree. all <laughs> well, come on let, let, let me make assumptions did, did you well i mean it must have been amazingly flattering and 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 humbling and and like amazing you know i mean 10 years in you had this amazing run and then you get these accolades it, may, it must have like done some number on your head a little I, I guess I'm just, I'm really flattered. I don't feel deserving yeah. of it a lot. You yeah. know, I think I just got lucky to work with people who were awesome at yeah. every turn. Right. And that made me get to do good work. You know, I, I, I think Bennett Miller, you know, deserves all the credit <laughs> for me getting an Oscar nomination. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he directed Capote and yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. won best actor yeah. for that. And, and those guys together are amazing. I I just feel, I don't know. It's bizarre to think about. I just I don't feel uh, deserving of it. Uh huh. Know? And then I watched this as the end. And I got to be honest with you. I mean, you know, I laughed in that movie, but I laughed the hardest. It's just the way you phrase shit. I don't even know what the fuck it is. 
But it's, Seth and Evan are so crazy. <laughs> that well, movie, the fact that that's a mainstream movie is so great. And bizarre. It's, and it's a know? deeper movie than I think people let on. I mean, it's hard yeah. to, to do that sort of end of the world thing. But the fact that, you know, Satan is left, you know, rapes screaming me. over, he rapes you, but then <laughs> he's left screaming over his dick that has just been amputated. Well, you, you sort of, everyone's doing this heightened version of themselves yeah and and you you know you sort of played it a little sort of like uh i don't know what how would you i would say uh like way overly uh into himself right right and i would say uh the kind of nice person where you can tell they're kind of fucking with you but they're being super super nice but so you can't call them out because they're being so their way of fucking with you is being incredibly incredibly sweet at every moment no no shortage of that in show business (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly because when you had the devil voice and then jay and you're saying you're saying that it's not very compelling jay is it compelling compelling? (laughs) yeah that was just like us improvising fun stuff you know but you were doing in real voice obviously and then they they told me you're gonna have this modulation is that compelling jay so i was uh we all thought it was funny and i was just started talking like i would fuck with a friend Fake with him right and i knew i right. would have this voice right. added later on so i was like oh he has a funny jay yeah, yeah. compelling whatever <laughs> it is you know <laughs> so that stupid. fucking was hilarious thanks man yeah you're working on 21 jump street and what and what are the dramas that are coming out that you're working on i i shot uh i got to act in a martin scorsese movie which oh that's right was, this oh my god so that's where you met th- that's where you got to watch leonardo this is recent yeah we finished in uh january and that it takes was, place in wall street it is. It's an 80s and 90s Wall Street movie, and we play scumbag uh, Wall oh, you, Street oh, dudes. You're a good scumbag, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I'm just always typecast. As <laughs> but but is, there, is this one of those characters where you're able to find a heart in it, or is there an arc to the character, or not this one? I don't know if anything will be sympathetic about this guy. <laughs> I... Uh, it was a dream. Like Goodfellas is my favorite movie oh, of yeah. all time. I watch it a couple down. times a year. Me too. I yeah. watch it like once a month, probably. Yeah. And so to even meet Martin Scorsese is like yeah. the craziest thing right. ever. Yeah. And I got to be in this movie, and, and Leonardo DiCaprio and I play partners and best friends, so okay. I get to be in the movie a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just was a complete, like you know how I said, like getting super bad at that point in my life yeah. was this gift yeah. crazy thing to get this at, i just i don't feel i don't know my luck's about to go real <laughs> run out really soon well you know <laughs> after a certain point you know luck can only take you so far you're obviously delivering the goods you know unless you uh, i don't know what you would have to do to fuck it up i'm not i'm not sure I don't know. but I, I, I wouldn't make that plan <laughs> yeah no no i hope not <laughs> knock on wood well i'm excited to see that i think uh uh favreau's in it too right yeah john favreau's in it yeah and, he plays our uh, lawyer, uh-huh. and you know um, uh, Matthew McConaughey's in it. And Jesus, is it? Have you John seen? A, have you oh, seen a cut? Rob Reiner's in it, and I got to hang with him. He plays Leo's dad, uh-huh. and I got to spend a ton of time with him. And for me, that was like yeah. a dream because he, we, you know, like when we're talking about in your airport and something weird happens, yeah. you can look at each other. Yeah. I got to like kick it with Rob Reiner and like eat lunch with him and be like what was Princess Bride like like what was Spinal Tap like what was Stand By Me like you know and he's just a filmmaker I know you interviewed his dad who's brilliant also but he's a guy as a filmmaker that really I think is cool representation of what maybe I'd like to be like as an actor yeah he's made all these movies and they're all so different right like Stand By Me and Princess yeah, Bride yeah, and yeah. Spinal Tap yeah. and uh, A Few Good Men and yeah, Misery yeah, yeah. and yeah. like 
he's just he's just made he has such an oh when Harry met Sally right right like yeah. that quintessential hilarious yeah, romantic yeah. movie he's just got such an eclectic uh, filmography that you're just it's crazy well, and it's he started to... in comedy and was super funny you know yeah, it's great I, I think it's a it's a rare thing to continue to challenge yourself it's easy to sort of get the the uh, it seems that especially in comedy that to get the sort of uh, short-sighted payout for repeating yourself mm. in movies it happens a lot you can see it a lot and to, you know to have the balls to you know well obviously the opportunity but to continue to challenge yourself and and do new things is a it's a great thing as a as a creative person as an artist i think it's i think I'd be really sad with myself. I think, yeah, I don't know if that was a compliment towards no, me. No, 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 no. No, it was, definitely. <laughs> I uh, I just think you, I don't know. I I really think it's so important to try and just do as many different things as possible before you're gone. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you're doing it, man, and I appreciate you talking to me. Yeah, you're a great guy, Mark. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's our show. Lovely gentleman. Very charming. Very polite. Very humble. I don't know why if anybody says anything negative about that guy, it's not based on anything that I experienced. That's for sure. And I am truly uh, uh, in awe of his acting and comedy talent. Next week, uh, got good shows next week. Got Mike Eagle. Going to learn a little something about hip-hop and rap. Because I am uh, very limited in my understanding of that. I'm excited about that show. I'm going to be in Seattle tomorrow at the Silver Jubilee, Sub Pop Silver Jubilee. I will be in Nashville at Zany's next week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. What days are those? 18, 19, and 20, correct? Right? Looking forward to Nashville. Going to go hurt my face with some Prince's chicken. Go to WTFPod.com. Get in. Get into it. Do some things over there. Might, uh, might make a new shirt. All right, Mike, we make those ceramic mugs again, too, that no one got to see because they sold out immediately. Oh, my God. I think I need another bowl of cereal. Boomer lives! Boomer lives!